there, and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We're excited that you've taken time out of your day to download the podcast and listen to it. We certainly hope that you will be edified, Christ will be glorified, and that you'll hit that like button and share us with your friends and family, and make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app so that you can get an alert each time that we release our podcast. We pray that uh, all is well with you. We know right now there's a, a virus going around. It has really affected the whole world, and we certainly hope and pray that things are well with you. We do pray for those people who are suffering from this and for those who are trying to help those who are suffering. Included in our prayers is uh, for the persecuted church. We, as Christians, are persecuted all around the world. Some places are worse than others. We know many of our listeners come from parts of the world where it's not real popular uh, to be a Christian. And we encourage you and we uh, thank you for taking uh, the efforts to listen to us. Also, I'd like to encourage you to go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all lowercase, one word. And there you can find more information out about us. We'd hope and pray that you would do that. There is a prayer request page there. And in if you're a prayer warrior, please pray for these folks that have sub- taken time to submit their prayer request. And if you have one and would like to have it posted, we would like to do that for you as well. Also, we will answer some Bible questions today from our listeners. And if you have a question, you may submit it through our webpage as well. Also on the webpage there, you can find links to our uh, Twitter account as well as our LinkedIn account. We'd encourage you to follow us there. Occasionally we post uh, articles and news about uh, things that are related to to the church or Christians as well. Like I said, we had some questions that were submitted there some time ago over uh, Jesus. Did he declare himself as the Messiah? Uh, Did Jesus really die? And did Jesus really rise from the dead? And given this is Easter weekend, I thought it would be appropriate to try to answer those questions today on the podcast. So the first question is, did Jesus declare himself as the Messiah? Well, the short answer is, yes, he did. But let's look at the Bible here and see exactly why I would say, yes, he did. Uh, First of all, uh, in John chapter 5, verse 46, and if you have a Bible, I would encourage you to to open it up and, and follow along. It is so important, I think, no matter who you're listening to or you go to church, that you really need to be able to to follow along in your own Bible to make sure that the person speaking is really reading from the Bible and using it correctly. But in John chapter 5, verse 46, here's Jesus. He's having a conversation with the Jewish leadership, and he says... uh, I'm going to back up to verse 45. Do not think that I accuse you before the Father. The one accuses you is Moses, in whom you have set your hope. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? And so here's Jesus. He is saying, look, Moses uh, talked about a Messiah coming, and I'm standing here before you. Here I am. And, of course, they refused to believe that because their vision of a Messiah uh, coming was going to free them from Roman occupation. They were going to be the superpower of the world, and everybody would have to bow to them. And that's really not what the Bible really teaches. 
But that was their hope and dream, and they were being uh, really, I don't want to say persecuted, but perhaps they were to a certain degree. They were really oppressed, really hard, uh, heavy taxes and burden uh, by the Roman Empire. And there have been a lot of conflicts uh, between Rome and the Jewish leaders that had to do with, obviously, religion, uh, idol worship being the biggest one. And they really, uh, God had really taught them a really harsh lesson about idol worship in their past where they were taken into captivity by Babylon and uh, because they were worshiping idols. And so, but God has cured them of idol worship by the time they come back and settle back into the land. And they really don't want uh, the wrath of God to come on them for having idols. And so, uh, th there is this hope that the Messiah is going to free them from Roman occupation. But what the Messiah was going to do was going to be a sacrifice uh, for sin, and he was going to release them from their uh, uh, occupation, uh, not occupation, or oppression over sin and death. And of course, they knew that. And there is actually a, a prophecy type statement this way in the book of Psalms. Um, in Psalm chapter 22, the entire psalm really uh, is messianic in its nature. And it's very famous because Jesus is going to quote it on the cross. He can say, uh, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Far from my deliverance are my words my groaning. Oh my God, I cry by day, but you don't answer me. And by night, I have no rest. I mean, you go on down and you, and you keep reading, verse 6, But I am a worm, not a man, a reproach of men, despised by the people. All who see me sneer at me. They separate with lips and wag their head, saying, Commit yourself to the Lord. Let him deliver you. Keep reading here, uh, verse 10. Upon you I, I cast from my birth. You have been my God from my mother's womb, but not far from me, from trouble is near. And see, if you understand how the uh, Jewish culture of the day, they memorize scripture a lot better than we do today, and we really fail at that. We honestly, including me, we need to, to have a better uh, memorization of Scripture. But they know this is a Messianic psalm. Uh, everybody in today's world would say it's a Messianic psalm. And again, here in verse 14, I, I am poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It's melted within me. And you keep going all down. Uh, for dogs have surrounded me. A band of evildoers has encompassed me. But notice this in verse 16. They pierced my hands and my feet, and I can count all my bones. They look, they stare at me. They divide my garments among them, and my clothing they cast lots. Very messianic. And boy, this is a picture of the crucifixion of, of Christ on the cross. Anybody that's studied uh, the Bible at all, been a Christian for any length of time, would, would agree with that statement. Uh, this is very much a picture of what uh, Jesus goes through on the cross. And the rabbis of the day, they would start off reading uh, a psalm, and the people would finish it. You know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the, and the congregation would pick up, and they would recite it together. And Jesus is still teaching as he's on the cross, saying, Here I am. I am your Messiah. I am 
uh, your hope. And then uh, we have seven I am statements in the Gospel of John. The first one is uh, in John chapter 6, verse 35. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Then you have John chapter 8, uh, verse 12, where Jesus declares that he is the light of the world. And then you have uh, the third one. Jesus says in, in John chapter 10, verse 9, I am the gate. And John chapter 10 again, just two verses later, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. And then fifth statement is, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. That's in John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. The sixth one, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. And John 14, verse 6. And then you have uh, John... Uh, 15.5, where Jesus says, I am the vine. And so you have these statements, and they all have uh, some significant meaning behind them. Now, we're not going to spend the whole podcast dis discussing the, the uh, exact meaning of each and more, every one, excuse me, in detail. But just briefly here, the first statement says that Jesus is the only one who can spiritually uh, feed us, sustain us. The second statement we learn through him that we can gain spiritual understanding and wisdom. That he's, we're not going to be in the dark about anything. Uh, we're going to be in his light where it's safe, uh, protected, and where we're going to have better understanding of who he is. If you're in dark, you don't understand. Uh, the third statement here uh, explains that he has given us a free and unlimited access uh, to his kingdom. He is the gate. The fourth statement shows how, how he did this by paying our interest fee with his life. The good shepherd. The shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I would encourage you to, to go and go through these uh, later. Write them down, take some notes, whatever, and go read these I am statements. And then in chapter 11, uh, verse uh, 25 and 26, the fifth one, we learn that whether we die before Jesus returns or not physically, he has guaranteed us uh, eternal life with him. And the sixth one is, uh, he explains that he's the only one who can do this for us, the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only way through eternal life. There is no other avenue. And the seventh one, uh, the vine, reveals that for the balance of our life here on earth, he is the one who feeds us. He, he gives us the strength, the nutrition. Uh, if you understand it, he is the vine, we are the branches. Well, the branches can only get their nutrition from the vine itself. And so Jesus has declared this very clearly throughout his ministry that he is uh, the Messiah. And so, it, it, and Pilate will ask Jesus, is, is he a, a king? In, in the trial that Jesus obviously is going to have here, and Jesus will reply, yes, uh, I am. Again, I am a king. And the, and the people of the day 
they they seem to somewhat acknowledge the the, the large crowds that uh, Jesus declaring himself as the King or the Messiah can maybe be interchanged uh, slightly here, if not all the way. And so, an example here in John chapter six, verse fifteen, uh, Jesus perceiving that they were intending to come and take him by force to make him king, withdrew again to the mountain alone by himself. Again, this idea that the king, the Messiah, was going to throw Rome out, and they were going to be the superpower of the world of that day. That's, again, everything that they had been taught by the Jewish leaders, that what the Messiah would be doing. And so, this is why it's very important that we understand think like a Jew, but we also need to, to really know what the Word of God says. It's so easy in so many teachings today that it sounds really good, but unless we really dig deeper into it and study the Word from some of these folks that are teaching out there, we've got to be very careful because they're, they're very misleading. So I hope that answers the question did Jesus declare himself as the Messiah? And again, the answer is yes, he did, more than once. And that actually, that question came out of Spain. And so I thank you for listening as well. The next question here is, did Jesus really die? Well, yes, he did. Again, that's a short answer. Well, let's look at what the Bible really has to say about this. And we're going to begin looking here in uh, Mark chapter 15, verse 44. Because in verse 43, we ha have a follower of Jesus asking, he builds up courage to go ask Pilate for the body. Well, you don't ask for a body if it's still alive. But here's the, here it is. In verse 44, Pilate wondered if he was dead by this time. And summoning a centurion, he questioned him as whether he was already dead. Uh, asserting from the, the, the guard, he was granted the body to Joseph. So, in other words, uh, Pilate was just surprised that people sometimes live for days hanging on a cross. He couldn't, I guess, not believe that Jesus was already dead, and he wanted to make sure uh, that that was really true. Because if Jesus is not dead, uh, you, you're not allowed to take a body and bury it. And so, Pilate confirms, yes, Jesus was really dead. We need to also understand here, uh, these guys who uh, executed Jesus, these executioners, these guys are very professional. They know when somebody's dead or not. If they would allow a, a condemned man to come down off of that cross, they themselves, under Roman law, they would be executed themselves. And they're not going to do that. I mean, common sense would tell you they're not going to do that. And so Pilate confirms, yep, the, the guards, they, they confirm, yep, and somebody wants to take a dead body and bury it. So there's three things right there that say Jesus really died. Jesus also said over and over again that he was going to die. Eleven apostles, it's my guess, we don't actually have biblical confirmation, but I would guess all eleven. Uh, John, the, the youngest uh, apostle, um, my guess is that he died of old age, and the Bible does kind of indicate that. But here we have 11 apostles that are willing to die, teaching that Jesus died. And so read with me, and I hope you're really following along. I'm trying not to go too fast here. Romans 
uh, chapter 5, verse 17. And here's the Apostle Paul writing for, By the transgressions of the one death reign through the one, much more than those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Okay, so again, for by the death of one, well, that can only be Jesus. Uh, the, the Apostle Paul uh, once was Saul, and you can read here in, in Acts chapter 8, starting in verse 1, actually probably the whole chapter here, uh, but Saul was heartily in agreement putting him to death, referring to Stephen, uh, who had just been stoned to death. And going down a little further here, I mean, here's Stephen, he's being buried. So Stephen died believing and teaching the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. But verse 3, Acts 3, excuse me, Acts chapter 8, verse 3 says, Saul began this rage against the church. He goes into every house. He drags off men and women, and he's going to throw them into prison. And then he's going to follow them all the way uh, to Damascus. Okay? And he gets letters uh, of approval to go and do that, to drag them off and throw people in prison. And over there here in Acts chapter 9, you see where Saul, or, the, or Paul, he, he's, uh, he's converted. But he's still here in the first verse, he's still breathing threats and murder against disciples of the Lord when he went to the high priest, and when he asked for these letters. And so, here is a man who was killing people for teaching uh, that Jesus was dead and now alive. And the conversion of Saul, and in, in verse 4 here, here's Jesus saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he says, who are you, Lord? And Jesus answers him, says, well, I'm the one you're persecuting. Get up and go into the city, and I will tell you what you must do. Okay, and so, Jesus, if you're dead, you don't talk. There's no, just no way that you can talk. And then if you go over here to Acts chapter 26... And in, in round verse 10, says, and here is Paul again. Uh, he's, he's on trial for his belief. So at one time he was persecuting and killing Christians, and now he's on trial for the same thing that he was persecuting people for. In verse 10, Acts chapter 26, verse 10, and this is just what I did in Jerusalem. Not only did I lock up many of the saints in prisons, having received the authority from the chief priest, but also when they were being put to death, I would cast my vote against them. Okay? So, here's a man killing Christians, persecuting Christians who has been converted. And if you really study uh, the Apostle Paul or Saul, this is a man of very high intelligence, he was uh, the, probably the who's who of the Jewish community at the time. Uh, he very easily, I'm guessing, only guessing here, that he could have been high priest at some point. And he gives all that up because he is convinced that Jesus was dead and Jesus is alive. So basically, Paul uh, was the hunter, and now he's become the hunted. And he will be arrested for 
uh, his teaching of the death and burial of Jesus. So did, did Jesus, the next question is, did Jesus really rise? Well, I've already kind of answered that with the Apostle Paul uh, in his conversion story. Uh, he hears Jesus on the road to Damascus back in Acts chapter 9, about 25 to 30 years after uh, the death of Jesus in Jerusalem. So uh, did Jesus really rise? Well, that would be one uh, answer to the yes. Uh, obviously, Jesus declares that he's going to die and that he will rise three days later. In fact, the Jewish people, uh, the leadership, they knew that Jesus had already declared, uh, destroy this temple in three days, I will make it rise again. Well, there is that application uh, that they thought it was actually the temple, the physical temple. Uh, but I would guess also that some also knew that he was talking about his body because they go to Pilate and they demand Pilate put a Roman guard on the tomb because Jesus taught he was going to rise from the dead three days after his death. And so Rome uh, puts a seal over this tomb. My guess is the majority of the people were have known where Jesus was buried. Uh, the leadership obviously wouldn't clearly know and Rome would know. And so again, this, this uh, Roman seal is put over the tomb. Anybody caught breaking this Roman seal uh, was subject to uh, punishment for that. Uh, probably a death. You don't do that when something is sealed. Uh, the Rome guard is there to make sure nobody steals the body. Uh, the Jewish leadership, again, is doing everything they can prior to the resurrection to make sure that Jesus' dead body stays where it's at. Because after three days, we're going to drag that body out and say, there he is. See, he's a liar. But they were unable to do that. And so uh, the scripture's clear that they go and, and they bribe the, the soldiers to say they were asleep and all that. Uh, the soldiers obviously are afraid that they're going to be punished or put to death for sleeping on duty. But if you would notice here in, in Matthew chapter uh, 28, and verse 11, it says, Now while they were... On their way, some of the guard came to the city and reported to the chief priest all that had happened. And when they had assembled with the elders and they talked together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers and said, You're to say his disciples came by night and stole him away while you were asleep. And if it, this should come to the governor's ears, we will win him over and keep you out of trouble. And so they took the money and did as instructed. So... Again, uh, the Jewish leaders did everything they could uh, to discredit the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, there were many witnesses to it. Obviously, we have the soldiers. Uh, they have no reason to lie uh, about it. They're, they have no skin in the game, as somebody might say. And so they're just simply reporting. There was a dead body in that tomb. It was sealed. And this morning we uh, unsealed it so that the people could uh, finish uh, the Jewish traditions of burial, and when we went inside, there was no body. The body was gone. Then you have the apostles who enter it in, in the end of John's uh, gospel account. And that would be in John chapter 20, verse 3. It says, So Peter and the other disciple went forward, and they were going to the tomb. The two were running together, and the other disciple out uh, ran ahead. Peter and came to the tomb first, and stooping in and looking, he saw the, the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. 
And Simon Peter also came following him, entered into the tomb, and he saw the linen, a linen lying there, and the face cloth which had been on his head. So again, now we have Mary Magdalene. Uh, she's outside in verse 11. She's weeping. She look, She's also uh, looks into the tomb in verse 11. And verse 12, she sees two angels sitting there at the head of the feet where, and where Jesus had been lying. And they will talk to her and say, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. So she believes somebody's taken the body. But obviously, if she believes somebody's taken the body, she's looking at an empty tomb. And so when she had said this, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there. And, but she did not know it was Jesus. Verse 15, Jesus says to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? And she thinks he's a gardener. And she says, Hey, if you've taken him away, just tell me where he laid him, and I will take care of his dead body. But notice here, verse 16, Jesus said to her, Mary. So she turned to him, and in Hebrew said, uh, Rabbi, Rabbinoi, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Stop cleaning to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brethren and say to them, As I ascend to my Father and your Father, my God and your God. And then verse 18, Mary Magdalene came and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. Now, they don't believe her. Uh, Thomas is apparently not around at this time. And later on here, uh, Verse uh, 24, Thomas is one of the twelve, uh, was not with him. Okay, And so now the other disciples are trying to tell him, We have seen the Lord. And here is Thomas saying, Well, as I see his hands, the prints of the nails, and I can put my fingers in the place where the nails were, and in my hand into his side, I will not believe. Okay, So here is Thomas. I know we call him Doubting Thomas a lot. But it's an unfair title in many ways because he is simply asking an honest question. Dead people don't come out of the grave. What do you mean? I mean, that just doesn't make logical sense. So, verse 26, after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas is now with him. And Jesus came, and the doors having been shut, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. And then he says to Thomas, Reach here with your finger and see my hands, and reach here in your hand and put into my side. And do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered him and said to him, My Lord and my God. Okay, and that's kind of an interesting statement there in the original text. Uh, Thomas is saying, you know, you're my creator and my God, my, and so my Elohim. And so Jesus says to uh, Thomas, you believe because you have seen. But blessed are those uh, who believe who have not seen. And so I, I know I really talked very fast. I, I apologize I, if, if it's made you uh, discouraged. I hope not. I pray not. Uh, I know this. these are questions that seem to come around a lot in the 25 years of our ministry uh, throughout the world, that there is always these questions. That, did Jesus really die? Did Jesus really declare himself the Messiah? Um, and did Jesus really rise from the dead? And so these are really fast answers. Uh, 
I've given you a lot of uh, verses. Uh, take notes, write them down, and go back through and read what the Bible really teaches. I, I know in our culture, especially in the United States here, everybody just wants the headline. They don't want the whole detail, all the story, all the nit and gritty, we might say. And they just give me the short answer. And that's kind of what I've done, really, in, in 30 minutes or so, giving you the short answer. But you, you, I've given you enough information, I hope and pray, that you can dig a little deeper, and I would encourage you to do so. And read all these I am statements. Uh, in the Psalm 22, you know, my God, my God, why are you forsaken me? I mean, really, if you read that entire psalm by the end of the psalm, uh, the psalmist there is writing, he's not really forsaken. God's been there all along. God has taken care of him. And so, again, it has more to do with Jesus teaching, I am the Messiah. This is a Messianic psalm. And please believe in me. I mean, that that's really what's going on here. You know, and another thing I, I failed to mention, uh, Pilate puts above Jesus' head, a sign that says, King of the Jews. And so, even Pilate is acknowledging, uh, I guess, maybe not intentionally, uh, that Jesus uh, was the king or the Messiah. Here he is. Uh, God uses people of all faiths, uh, beliefs, non-believers, whatever, uh, to do his bidding. I certainly hope and I pray that uh, you are enjoying your uh resurrection weekend as we celebrate the empty tomb in the christian world i know many of us may not be able to go to worship services because of the virus we've been uh, can't gather by law and so i would encourage you to, to be with your family and your household read the read the bible uh, study and pray and just be thankful there is an empty tomb that gives us hope of our own resurrection one day as believers Again, I encourage you to go to our, our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all one word, lowercase, and there you can find links to our Twitter account and our LinkedIn account as well. And if you have any questions you like answered over the air, like we just done with these listeners, one was from Spain, and the other one actually uh, was from here uh, out of Texas in the United States. And so uh, one person asked two questions. So we, we're so glad that they did. We hope and pray that they're listening and that they will get their answers. May God bless you, and may He have the glory.